This is the House of Pop Culture. I'm Anthony Donovan. Amy Meredith. Erwood Murray. And Joe Reese. And for the next hour or so, we're going to be talking your face off about all things pop culture related. Now, for those of us who remember our 2019 season, we were doing our series within a series where we covered different episodes about different decades. We did the 1980s, and then we did a part one of the 90s where we talked about our favorite movies and TV shows from that decade. And then 2019 ended and absolutely nothing of note happened, and now we're here for part two of the 90s. We just transported here. We don't know what happened. Nope. Don't like tell this. us. No, I like this. So like what? This. what's in store for us tonight? Well, we're going to talk about the 90s. We're going to talk about the music. And mm-hmm. then we're, we're going to do a little at the end about fads. Because there were I fads in the 90s? What'd you call me? Stop it. D, D, D. I had the hard D there. Thank you, Joe. I like a hard D. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um... The fads, we're going to go a little bit into fads. Uh, most of them I would like to forget, so we'll do a little bit on it I'm, and I'm, then leave it. I'm trying to forget, but the kids now are kind of making it difficult because what's old is new again, and I'll get into more of that later, but it's definitely something I've noticed. Yes. Nothing wrong with 90s fashion. Uh, yeah. So... First, we're going to talk about music. You boys love music, don't you? I do love music, and i got to tell you, going through this... To research for the music. The 90s were so good. Yes. You know, some may even say that the 90s was the best decade in the history of all time. That someone is you. Yeah. Yeah. And you're literally the only one. Um, <laughs> I, I'm fine being the only one who's right. I mean, maybe yeah. Vanilla Ice might say that because that's when he was relevant. Yeah, but he had 90. one good year and nine really shitty years. Hey. But he had one good year, as opposed to every other decade. That one good year. He didn't have the one good year. Um, now, I gave you boys some homework to do a top five of your favorite songs of the 90s, which was extremely difficult. Dude, difficult homework you've ever given us. Very really? difficult. I just did before I count on here. So upset about all the stuff I Like I did in school in the 90s, right before. <laughs> um, but before we get there... We're going to talk over some of the fun facts of the 90s. Fun facts. facts. It's a fact. I had fun looking them up. I could certainly use some fun. Let's do it. All right. So let's start by talking about the top-selling albums of the 90s. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, Brother for Sale. No. 1990. Does anyone have a guess? 1990? What? No. Uh, I think I know. I'm going to guess, um, uh, 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 Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him? No. Is it Mariah Carey's debut? It is not. Oh. It is Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation. Okay. Oh. I hate to be that guy. Oh, my God. I'm kidding. I fucking love to be that guy. Um, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation 1814 album was actually released in 1989 and therefore would not be in contention in my mind for the best-selling album of 1990. Well, according to Wikipedia, you're just wrong. Well, technically, you can have something like, you know, Queen's Night at the Opera could have a huge resurgence right now and it would be the be- could be the best-selling album of 2020, even though it came out yeah. five years ago. It was released in 89, but even it could have still had the best sales in the decade or in the year 1990, I should say. Well, it's, it's true. And actually, of the six singles off that album, four of them came out in 1990. So get off my back. 
So I suppose I can allow Janet Jackson to factually have the best-selling album of 1990, even though I wouldn't have guessed it because it came out in 89. Good for you, Janet. Oh my God. Yes. But I will tell you, little friend, 1991 was Mariah Carey's, that her album was the 1991 best-selling album. Are you, are you not a fan, Anthony? No, the album came out in 1990. For those of you listening who may not know me in real life, I promise I am this tedious 24 hours a day. I apologize. Really, love to show really big is. Big is. It's true. Um, getting back to Mariah Carey, I hate Mariah Carey. No, like, wow. none of her songs. Oh, wow. None of them. Except for that one Christmas song. That's the only song of hers I Which like. is funny because that's the song most people hate by her. It's the only one I like. Vision of Love is a bop. Uh, well, yeah, it is true. It is true. Actually, she yeah, has a she lot does. of bops. No. Amy, bad. you're wrong. No, I, I'm perfectly no, wrong. No, Amy, you're wrong. You're wrong. 1992's top-selling album. Signs of the Land Billy soundtrack. Cyrus. Some Gave All. I'm Billy Ray Cyrus. Some Gave All. Yeah, the record oh. with Aki Breaky Heart on it. Ugh. I still remember seeing him perform that on the Arsenio Hall show. And that was <laughs> painful to watch. Did Arsenio lose a bet? But that was painful to watch. That was bad is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've gotten really good at pretending whole chunks of time don't exist anymore, so I'm perfectly happy to throw Achy Breaky Heart on top of that pile. (laughs) I'm not sure what was worse, that song or his mullet. Both were... That mullet was beauty. Like, seriously, if you're gonna go mullet... That's No, I've seen I've seen beautiful mullets before. His was not one of them. His was no. He just chose to grow his beard out of the base of his skull. <laughs> I mean, that's, technically, that's... I mean, the base of your skull is also the front is to the base. So, like, where my beard's coming out, the front base of my skull. You know, but while we're talking about, does this mean you have a front mullet? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love my front mullet, honey. God. Well, well done, we're talking Jill. about this, a fad in the 90s, line dancing. Huge fad in the 90s. Because of that song and Boot Scoop Boogie. And I, I, I would say I would throw Macarena on top of that as well. I remember when I was in college back in the 90s, and uh, my best friend was a choreographer and dance teacher, and the woman who was in charge of our dorm asked Amy Meredith if she would teach line dancing. And you would have thought that someone asked your Jewish grandmother to speak about how great the Holocaust was. It was insulting. But you're from Alabama, ain't that for your people? I was insulted. (laughs) I mean, Amy, are you saying you can't teach me how to do the boot scootin' boogie? I'm saying I could, but I'm not. It'll cost you. A lot. All right, moving on to 1993. This is fun because I think each one of these is just going to make his head explode. Would be Whitney Houston's soundtrack for The Bodyguard. Fuck's sake. (laughs) Did anything sell the year it came out? Probably not. 
But on some I real shit, though, out. although to be, to be album. fair, with the exception of Mariah Carey, I didn't, and I don't know about that Billy Ray Cyrus nonsense, but uh, Rhythm Nation and Bodyguard were both, Bodyguard, I'm from Rhode Island, everybody, uh, Bodyguard were both uh, winter quarter releases, so they were at the very yeah. end of the year. So I would be willing to bet that that kind of digs into that. Yeah, I just need to justify well, this somehow in my mind, and I can't. Well, and Bodyguard, because you all of a sudden had, once you got into award season stuff with yeah. Bodyguard, all of a sudden then that was the resurgence in the first quarter of 93. Yeah. Did, uh, did that song... And she was still singing that song, you know, like, going on for months and months. Yeah, it's so still it's, being sung right now. What was that, Derwood? I asked if that song won a Grammy, but now I realize that it couldn't have because it was a cover. Uh, it might have won a Grammy, but not for. Uh, it couldn't have won an Oscar. Yeah, that's what I meant. I meant Oscar. Yes. Yeah. No, I get Oscar and Grammy mixed up. Because yeah. I'm smart. S M R T. Um, taking us into 1994, another soundtrack was the top-selling album that year, and that Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. The, the Lion King. Oh, good. Oh. Finally. Finally, finally, finally. And for your information, Durwood, yes, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston did win Best Female Pop Performance at the Grammys. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But not an Oscar. Not an Oscar. The cover of Dolly Parton's song, which is by far better. No, it's not. And we're not having this argument now. They both have their own merit. Yep. No. I'm with Anthony, I think. Uh, You're wrong. Um... The Lion King. Just like, just, just like her cover of Stairways better. <laughs> I just prefer it. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're on to The Lion King now, Elton John. Good album. Movie. Yeah, it's good. Good album. All right. Um, 1995. Ooh, 1995 was Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh. Crack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> was that a 96 release? No, it came out in 94, but it was the top-selling album of 95. I mean, it'd be more impressive if it came out in 96. It was the best-selling in 95. <laughs> yeah. and, and for the record, aside from Hold My Hand, that whole album is bullshit. I disagree with you, Anthony. Disagree. That album is fire. Fire. I, but remember, I, I might be able to make some sort of exception for Let Her Cry if I have drank enough. But I'm sorry, Only Want to Be With You is a shit song. No, it's not. <laughs> uh-huh. And sound engineer Joey is waving his finger in agreement, which means I'm right. No, he's shaming you, saying, how dare you say that about Hootie and the Blowfish? And now he's <laughs> shaking his head, no, 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 that album is great. Um, but also, gonna... think about it, back in the 90s, it was when, you know... Unless you were super musically savvy, which I was not, but you know, go out and find and buy singles and whatnot. It's like you wanted a song, you bought the goddamn album. That's how the Fuji's got a, a, a platinum album with the score. Yep. Although a fine album. Yes, sure. an amazing album. Yes, That's but the most of these are... album for the album they bought it for "Killing Me Softly," which did not come out as a physical single in the United States. Yeah, but also, I mean, a lot of these ones you could almost say kind of rode on the success of a song to get, yes. and because it was so oh, yeah. popular, it, that's what drove and why they were the number one. And honestly, that kind of changed the whole format of how music is sold. 
because yeah. a lot of artists stopped putting out singles at that point. And if we're, if we're going to 96 next, I'd like yes. to take a guess at that album, which I think is a fine example of this. Even though it was a really good album, I think it was the sales were driven by one song. And that album would be Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Oh yeah! One song, my ass. That Whoa. is an album full of hits. No, it is. Yes. However, I would be willing to bet that the sales were driven strictly by the single or that release of "You Ought to Know." I agree with Derwood. I'd buy that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I I actually bought that album having only heard uh, "You Ought to Know," and everybody was trying to borrow that CD from me at my dorm. That, that it did have a lot of hot tracks on that album. I shouldn't be admitting it as a middle-aged black man, uh, and especially and now at it is an incredible Broadway production. Really? Oh I yeah! Check it. out the cast recording of "You Ought to Know." It is fantastic. Yeah. Not "You Ought to Know." Jagged Little Pill. All right. This song is on. Yes. <laughs> Excellent album. Big fan. Also came out in 1995. Stop it! Well, yeah, that's okay. how I knew that would be the best song in '96, though. <laughs> 1997. Ugh. Spice Girls. Spice. <laughs> Time and place. It I'm, um, <laughs> I'm going to say something. Oh, no. So tell us what That album mean. came out in 1996. Stop it! <laughs> but again, it was a fourth quarter release. I know. Because I remember, well, because I graduated in 97 in high school. And so, like, the last half of 97, it was like, you couldn't escape that or Mbop. Like, those were the two things you constantly effing heard. Um, 1998, we have another soundtrack that was a top-selling album. Titanic. And, uh, Titanic. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to be over here. <laughs> All right, because nothing matters anymore. Down is up, up is down. Years don't matter. It's fine. But in all fairness, that was a December release. And I then, know. And, that, I and know. with that movie having the legs it had. I know. Wow. <laughs> the things that annoy Anthony. I know. I know. You know what I've always wanted to do? I know it's never going to happen, but one thing I would love to do in a movie, purely just to annoy Anthony, Mm. Is set it in a year and specifically say a date, like the actual day, month, day, and year, mm. and have all the songs that are featured in that movie from that year, but that came out after the specific date. That, so it would be like March 14th, 1984. It's all things that came out summer and fall of 84. <laughs> you know, my Google voice just listened to everything you said, and the result came up, did you mean Hot Tub Time Machine? <laughs> You, you guys have no idea what it is like to sit in a movie theater next to him. I'm pretty sure they know. No, no. Yeah. And have a movie going. And get going. a hand up? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> have a movie going and a song not be in timeline with that movie. It is horrific. He will just not shut up about it. The burden I bear is a heavy one. <laughs> but I soldier on. Fine. 1999. Yeah. You'll Ugh. sit back Backstreet Boys. Millennium. Oh! That was one of like the... In fact, did not ones. come out in the new millennium. <laughs> it did not. What else was on the album besides I Want It That Way? Uh, 
not on Millennium, oh. actually. That was on their previous album. Millennium had, uh, oh no, Thank that was you. I Want It That Way. No. Yeah, that was, I, that was I, that, my bad. That was I Want It That Way. Uh, the Call, a personal guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, that also had Larger Than Life on it. Crap. And um, there was another song. It might, I, 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 don't quote me on this, but that may have been the one that had Show Me the Meaning of Being Lonely on it. Okay. Here's the thing. That's all I care. That's all I got to say about Backstreet Boys. They suck. They were good looking. No, mostly. they were not. Mostly. No. Of the no, 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 boy no, no, bands. No. Of the boy bands of that time, they were the best looking. Low bar, but they were the best looking. Least talented, best looking. I'm just saying that's also like the ugliest dog contest they have. I mean, I mean I'm not disputing that. Ugh. I mean. NSYNC had members that looked like shaved Muppets, so. <laughs> we ain't got to name no names, though. No, we don't have to name any names, Joy Patone. Oh. Let's play a game. I have a game for you guys. All right. And suddenly I'm in the new Saw movie. Don't, don't look at my computer. Okay, here's the new game. We're going to play Grammy's Best New Artist. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm going to give you the nominees. Okay, because you know how fucked up this is, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. fucking B-52s won this a decade into their career. I'm just saying. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Ready? 1990. Ready? B-Sherps. Stop it. Go Nina Cherry. Hush. Nina Cherry. Indigo Girls. Millie Vanilli. Tone Loke. Soul to Soul. I think we all know who this is. It was Millie it's Vanilli. Millie Vanilli. Yeah. And they had because to they very publicly were stripped of that award. Yep. And the Grammy because they were not new artists. With... Hold on. Oh wait. Oh, keep talking. My computer just did something weird. And the the Grammys made up for it next year with who she's about to announce one best new artist. How do you know? Millie Manelli. Knows this. Stop. Stop looking. All right, here we go. Here I we don't go. know this. The Black Crows, Mariah Carey, the Kentucky Headhunters, Lisa Stansfield. Wilson Phillips. Oh. I'm going to go the best way for the Grammys to be taken seriously again for a best new artist after Millie Vanilli. I'm going to guess Wilson Phillips. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, they were music uh, uh, legacy. They were the Dan and Yogurt of music. <laughs> Unoffensive legacies. I could see it going their way. You know what? It goes bad if you leave them out in the sun for too long. I never said they were bad. All They're right, just well, tell us the answer, smart man. It was Mariah Carey. Oh. Should have been the Black Rose. Um, I like the Black Rose. I like that I one the black song Rose. they had. Oh, that was um, a cover. Black Crows Live at the Greek with Jimmy Page is one of the best Ooh. live albums. Well, I'd look that up. Oh, oh it's dope. Amazing. All right, here we go. Ninety-two. Mark Cohen, Boys <laughs> to Men. Oh. CMC Music Factory, oh. Color Me Bad, Seal. Oh. I think that might have actually been Color Me Bad. I think it Joe? might have been CNC Music Factory. Joe, what do you got? I'm going to go CNC. You are all wrong. Oh. Mark Cohen won for who Best New Artist. Mark Cohen. Oh, and man. The, dude, the man who created such great American blue eyed soul classics as Walking in Memphis and. Uh, <laughs> Um, he took down some good artists there too. And CNC Music Factory. <laughs> <laughs> You're such an asshole. Right, I'm just kidding. Clovillas and Cole are like legends. 
and CNC Music Factory made us sweat till we bled. Damn it, it really did. All right, 93. Here we go. Sophie B. Hawkins, Billy Ray Cyrus, Arrested Development, Crisscross, uh, John Sadaka? Sakata. Whatever. Well, this is one of the I actually know who won this one. Then you shush. Derwin, what you got? I, I think it was Sophie B. Hawkins. No. Nope. Oh, Billy Ray. Well. It's Arrested Development. It is Arrested Development. They actually won? I yes. didn't think yeah. the Grammys would have, uh, would have actually recognized them. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know Michael Cera was born yet. <laughs> <laughs> 94. Here we go. Belly. Blind Melon. Diggable Planets. SWV. Tony Braxton. I am going to guess Tony Braxton. I was I also going to guess Tony Braxton. You were all correct. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, good job. If I never ever. All right, 95. Here we go. Cheryl Crow. Ace of Base. Counting Crows. Crash Test Dummies. Green Day. Well, I know for a fact that as of that year, it became law, according to the Grammy Academy, that you had to give at least three of them a year to Cheryl Crow until the end of time. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that may have started there. Yeah, I was going to say Cheryl Crow, actually. I'm going to say they, they went crazy and they went ace of base because they saw the sign. <laughs> they were like, is this ABBA, Butterfly? <laughs> you know, Joe, good guess, but the boys are correct. It was Cheryl Crow. Woo! <laughs> uh-huh. We know our white people shit. All right. right. Hey, she sang back up for MJ. Hey, I, I guess really white people shit with a base of base. <laughs> Let's be real. 1996. Oh, this is a good one. Joan Osborne, Ooh. Shania Twain, Ooh. Alanis Morissette, Ugh. Brandy, Hootie and the Blowfish. Ooh. I think that would be Shania Twain. I'm going I'm I'm to say Alanis. I'm going to guess uh, Hootie. What did you say, Derwood? Uh, I, I guess Shania Twain. It is Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes! <laughs> All right. That was a tough year because, you know, that that's all strong. That's all strong. Oh, yeah. No, those are, those, that was a good year, I think. All right. 1997. Oh, let's see how good you are. Oh, these are some good ones, too. No Doubt. Ooh. Jewel. Mm. Garbage. Leanne Rhymes. The Tony Rich Project. Oh, man. I almost forgot about the Tony Rich Project. They were good. Yeah, nobody knows. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody knows it but me. It's uh, a great song. Great yeah. song. Um, I'm going to guess Leanne Rhymes because she annoys me the most. That's what I was going to guess. In 97, she was singing the theme song. Well, she did, or at least she did one version of the theme song from Con Air. So I'm going with Leanne Rhymes. Actually, my favorite version of that theme song. And you were all correct. It was Leanne Ross. Good job, boys. All right, 1998. All right. Fiona Apple. (laughs) Fiona Apple. Erica Badu. Paula Cole. Hanson. Puff Daddy. Better than Ezra. I'm sorry. Uh, Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Hanson. I'm saying Dear Evan Hanson. Can you give me those again, again, please? Paula Cole, Fiona Paula Cole. I'm going with Paula Cole. And Derwood is correct. It was Nice. Oh, yeah, boy. Remember what song she did. It's got to be Where Have All the Cowboys Gone. Yeah, I was going to say. 
Yep. All right. Last Did one. Did you listen to the theme song to Dawson's Creek? Yes. 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 I don't want to wait is the name of that. Yeah. Right, For our last live one. studio here. 1999. Here we go. 2000 Zero Party Over. Dixie Chicks. Oh. Natalie and Julia. Mm. Andrea Bocelli. Backstreet Boys. Lauren Hill. I know the of one. I think that is going to be Lauren Hill. And we say those again one more time. Yeah. Natalie Imbruglia, Dixie mm -hmm. Chicks, Andrea Bocelli, Backstreet Boys, Lauren Hill. I think we're Dixie Chicks. I think we're Lauren Hill. It's Lauren Hill. <laughs> Joe, you got a guess? I'm, I'm going to go Backstreet Boys. It is Lauren Hill. Yes! <laughs> also album of the year that year, right? With Miss Educational Lauren Hill? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that came out the year before, but, you know. It's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. funny, though, with some of those artists, you know, they're still doing their thing, they're out and about, and then some of them, you're like, huh? Who? What? Like, I couldn't remember who Paula Cole was. Yeah, I, in fact, the band is now called the Tony Government Assistance Project. <laughs> that ain't right. That is not right. <laughs> Sorry, Tony Rich. That was savage, Anthony. Damn. <laughs> We've been gone a while. I'm back. All right. <laughs> one thing I found interesting when I was looking things up for the 90s were the one-hit wonders. Oh, yeah. There were a lot. One of yeah. them is on my top five list. A lot of one-hit wonders. Um, very much at the top of all of those was Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. See, you couldn't get away from that song. For me, for me, I, I, I can think of better one-hit wonders because I can name you at least two other songs by Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah, but you're weird. Name me another Alana Miles song. Black Velvet. And... <laughs> Black Velvet. Mm. Blue Velvet. Didn't she have I a Black Velvet that. remix? Did, 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 yeah, I, I was going to say, didn't I she do like a, a Velvet saga? Black I Velvet featuring Pitbull? Another Lou Bega song. No, you cannot. Nobody cares about another Tricky remix. Tricky. Thank yep. you. Mm -hmm. But was it a hit? Anything but Monmo number five. That's the only thing anyone cares about. But was it a hit? You may I be mean, no. they had a video on MTV. That means nothing. So did green jello with three little pigs, so you know. <laughs> oh, see, that's a good one. I can't even name you another green jello song. Okay, well, and it didn't matter, because you know what? That was on at like three one. that was on at like three thirty every day at MTV when I got home from school. So like like clockwork, we'd be able to watch it every day. That beautiful claymation video. All right, Mr. Yeah. Smarty Pants then. How about Breakfast at Tiffany's by D oh. something? That is a beautiful example of a one hit wonder. <laughs> and that was my jam. Seriously? No, no bullshit. That was my jam. I dug that song. Yep. Oh, Durwood. Come what? on. That song's lovely. Oh, that's a terrible song. Oh, uh, uh, no. the Mac. <laughs> Mark Morrison. My, oh, I know another song of his. Theme song. My theme song. Ooh, whenever, whenever I go through a breakup, I blast that. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, here's one. Here's one, Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve. I love oh, that song. That they yeah. just got the rights back to. <laughs> After like 23 years. 
Yeah, after 23 years of the Stones saying, fuck you, they're like, eh, we don't need the money anymore. Here, take it back. <laughs> oh, I hated the song, and everyone was like, oh, Amy, don't you love this song? This song is about you. And every girl ran around saying it was about them. Bitch by Meredith Brooks. Yep. I actually hated that song. But I uh, ran around saying, oh, my gosh, this song is so me. <laughs> I just thought it was cool that I could hear the word bitch on the radio. Um, <laughs> it doesn't take much for you, does Had it? you never heard Little Miss Can't Be Wrong by the Spin Doctors? The word bitch is in that song? Been a whole lot easier since the bitch left town. Yeah, I never paid attention to those lyrics. For me, <laughs> when it comes to Spin Doctors, it's all about uh, two princes. One that I love, one of my personal favorites, is I Touch Myself by the Divinals. Good song. No, it's not gross. And here's the thing, Derwood. On Friday nights, my friends and I, we would. Be I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Whoa. No, <laughs> we'd be getting dressed to go out, and there were two songs we'd play. I touch myself by the Divinals, and the only Cure song I ever liked, Friday, Friday, I'm in love. Those two songs are the two songs we would play while we were getting dressed to go out. Imagine, so Friday, imagine you were in a love getting ready in 10 minutes. Oh, no, it was like the final, like putting on lipstick and stuff. That's how you got pumped. No? Oh, you I pumped mean, yourself up all right. Yeah. <laughs> Derwin, it hurts my feelings that you, 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 you know, take such offense to that. I just don't want to think about you masturbating. Wow. That, to that song. He said he, the quiet part out loud. <laughs> like... He would think, I think that there's just tons of candles everywhere and like seal playing or something, you know, some you nice know little... that song? Yes, I know that song. Fine. It was ubiquitous. But you could also do I'm Too Sexy by Rice and Fred. I <laughs> may or may not have sang that at the top of my lungs in my room before and after school. I'm not going to say if I did or didn't. But How do may... you sing that song at the top of your lungs? I'm Tony Sagnac! <laughs> Shout it. It's the Muppet version. I mean, your parents like, what the hell is wrong with you, child? <laughs> you are not too sexy. You are just sexy enough. I don't ever want my mom to say that to me. <laughs> you cannot be too sexy if you have Estelle Getty glasses. Oh. <laughs> Fuck my Damn. Damn. Like, now, yes, you are too sexy, sir. When that song came out, you were adequately sexy. Thank you, Joe. I strive to be adequately sexy one day. Another song you could not get away from, Total One Hit Wonder, What Is Love by Hathaway. I no mean, one's going to say it. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> that was like the bluegrass version. <laughs> it's a good song, though. It's actually not a bad song. It's just that we had to hear it over and over and over again. And it just, uh, once would have been enough. Just, just once. Has, has there been enough time for you to, to get used to hearing it now? No, it's still, it's, as much as it's played now, it's still overplayed. 27 years, not enough. Huh? You know exactly. what? So you're, you're saying we need to cancel our watching of Nantra Roxbury then? No, it's yeah. different. As I'm sitting here thinking about One Hit Wonders, I don't know if this is a 90s song, but I'm sure you will tell me, Anthony, since you were the, you know, strictest of stricts. What about Rico Suave? Oh, yes. <laughs> was he 90s? Yes, that was 91. Oh, yeah. Gerardo. Uh, <laughs> a man so sexy, Madonna had the thirst. 
Oh. She got his number and was started leaving him filthy messages on his answering machine because she was feeling it. You know, he probably still plays those for people, right? I would. I know, oh, yeah. But, but I actually know another Gerardo single, oh, God, which was We Want the Funk. We Want the Funk. Actually, not that Sam bad. Was, Pretty good song. Funk, and, but what's great is it's also a great Weird Al song, Taco Grande. And all yeah. about Mexican food. Yes, that feels a bit racial. <laughs> it was that's, a bit. That's Weird Al. You can't say that about Weird Al. He he's a national treasure. Damn it. Doesn't okay. mean he can't be racist. And he and Thomas and by his by his code of ethics at well pretty much ever is um, he got approval for it. So yeah. he went to Gerardo and was like, "Hey, can I do this?" And he's like, "Probably like fuck yeah." He. <laughs> that was racist. That was racist. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that, was, that was that was yeah. Right. I'm sorry, I couldn't let Weird Al be the biggest racist in the room. I had to throw myself on that Aww. grenade. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I've got interesting facts. Ooh, Ooh interesting okay. facts. Is this a step above or below fun facts? Um, I think this may be a step above because I think some of these may be actually true. So, oh, okay. fair enough. Yeah. All right, so. Biggest song in the 90s, just about My Heart Will Go On yep. by Celine Dion. Of uh, course. Apparently, she initially did not want to do that song, but they coaxed her into doing a demo for it. And that one take is the one you hear on the soundtrack, one and done. So do you think what convinced her was a giant boatload of money being directed into her, her driveway? <laughs> yes. And was it yes, one and done Derwood's nickname in college? <laughs> oh. Damn, Joe. Wow. Damn. Ow. He's coming for your whole past. Right? Apparently. Shit. What I do to you, Joe? That's pretty impressive. I don't know. You gave me Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like I gave you like a disease or something. The video game. I gave him the video game Animal Crossing. That's a disease. <laughs> it's a sick sex act. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> Oh my God, back to the music. Yes. All right, at eight minutes and 58 seconds, November Rain by Guns N' Roses is the longest song to ever reach the top 10 on Billboard's Hot 100. At about seven minutes and 58 seconds longer than it needs to be. Good video though. <laughs> Good video, but uh, that song's uh, mostly insufferable, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah, really. Like we get the point, we got the point like four minutes in. We didn't need all the rest. Well, because like once a decade, whenever someone does something homophobic, Elton John has to appear on stage with them as a form of penance. And in the 92 VMAs, uh, Elton John played with Axl Rose for November Rain, just like, you know, however many, 10 years later, when he did Stan with Eminem at the Grammys. It's kind of a thing. And yep. now all I can think about is Axl Rose on stage trying to catch his breath while singing <laughs> <laughs> to the jungle. Aww. Well, no oh, than you think. And was so he doing this Derwood hand on the knees sort of thing? Or? Yep. No, it was welcome to the jungle. <laughs> we got funny games. We got funny Fuck it. Medic. You're going to die, baby. The iconic outfit that Britney Spears wore in the video Baby One More Time purchased at Kmart. That tracks. 
Oddly enough, you can probably purchase Britney herself at Kmart now at a pretty reasonable price. <laughs> Rude! I'm sorry, what's the alternative? Free Britney? Rude! Um, Weezer released their song Buddy Holly on Buddy Holly's birthday. Great video. That is an interesting Love some Spike Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Spike Jones, man, he did some great videos in the 90s. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Okay, the first rap song to reach number one on the pop charts is... Super Bowl Shuffle. Let me throw it on set. Nah, it, it's, it's Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. It is Ice Ice Baby by Rapping Vanilla Ice. Rapping for Jesus. God, Jesus <laughs> is my... <na> <laughs> you know, it was safe. I thought it was stupid, but you know. Well, and and I I would have thought for sure it would have been uh, you can't touch this, huh? By by MC Hammer, it should have been. Uh, did can't touch this come out before Ice Ice Baby? No, I yeah, mean yes, yes it did, yeah. yes it did. Really? Huh. All right, album of the year, nineteen ninety, Quincy Jones, Back on the Block, solid choice, yeah. Birdland. Listen to it, Derwin. I think you would really like the, the version of Birdland. I'm sure I will enjoy it now. I'm just saying, in 1990, I just wasn't, that, that wasn't for me. But it's now. It's and now. I will now. It now. We now, 30 years it. ago. Yes. Um, also that year, he beat out Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. But seriously, Phil Collins. Mm. Please hammer, don't hurt him. MC Hammer. Oh, and Wilson Phillips. Wilson Phillips. <laughs> I only had one of those albums, and it was Hammer Don't Hurt. Please Hammer Don't Hurt Me. I had several of them. Shocking. Yeah. So what was on play? Well, which one was that? Can't touch this. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, that was a good album. Yes, he it was. Won. I think he should have won. Album of the year? No. It should have been Quincy Jones, because that's a great album, even though Derwood hasn't listened to it for some reason. I should have won the sentimental, not Quincy Jones award. Yeah. 1991, album of the year, Unforgettable, with love, Natalie Cole. I'm sorry, all I can think of is the SNL sketch. Yep. Oh my God, that is one of the best sketches <laughs> ever. Melanie Hutzel as Tammy Wynette. I'm not dead, bitch. <laughs> um, Heart in Motion, Amy Grant. That was, you know, that was a controversial record, Heart in Motion. I don't know if y'all know this, but Amy Grant was a very successful Christian recording artist, and she betrayed her entire fan base by recording a secular album. And you would have thought it was 12 tracks talking about how much she loves it when the devil goes down on her <laughs> for the reaction that Wait, they Wait, is that what Devil Goes Down to Georgia was really about? That's really what it was. Yes. Pretty much, okay. Joe. Rest in white supremacist power, Charlie Daniels. <laughs> you old racist you. Um, also that year would be Out of Time, R.E.M. Fantastic record. Uh, Luck of the Draw, Bonnie Raitt. That's a good one. Although I think Bonnie Raitt is right up there with Cheryl Crow. Yeah, they have to give her. It's it goes between Cheryl Crow, Bonnie Raitt, and Sean Colvin. They have to give one of the three of them a Grammy every year, even if they haven't put out a record. But Bonnie Raitt deserves it always. Yeah, you got a little thing for her, don't you? Maybe a little. Well, yeah, she's eighty and a redhead. 
best if she was singing I Touch Myself, you would like that. Yeah, I would. I really would. Uh, Ew, puckery. <laughs> <laughs> right. 1992, album of the year, Unplugged, Eric Clapton. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer that version of Tears in Heaven to the studio cut, actually. Yes. Layla um, Jam, too. Is it, yeah. I, I, I do not like the acoustic Layla. <gasps> I, really? I love the Derek and the Dominoes balls out Layla, but then, like, I don't know. It's just... I love the acoustic version. I do not. Well, I will say this, though. I think I love it because of the difference between that and the original. So, And, and maybe part of it, when I saw Clapton, like, the one time I got to see Eric Clapton play live, mm-hmm. that's the version he played. I'm like, fuck that bullshit. If I'm seeing Eric Clapton... <laughs> I want to watch you go. Yeah, I want like a forty-five minute version of Layla. <laughs> gotcha. But no, if Prince had covered it, that might have happened. Yeah. Uh, and God oh, help any girl who was named Layla at that time as well. That's that couldn't have been fun for them. Um, <laughs> he also beat out one of my favorite albums of all time, Diva, Annie Lennox. So good. That woman rocks. So good. Um, Ingenue, Katie Lang. Also one of my favorites. She was also a crossover star. Yes. 1993, The Bodyguard, Whitney Houston won. Uh, but she beat out River of Dreams, Billy Joel. Good record. Automatic yeah. for the People, R.E.M. Uh, many, many say their best album, actually. Uh, Ten Summoner's Tale, Sting. I'm not familiar. Oh, you know a bunch of songs from it. That was the Field of Dreams album. And then... If I Ever Lose My Faith in You. Not familiar. I guarantee you Wait, know it. Sting was in Field of Dreams? Yeah. Like, okay. was he Shoeless Joe? Yes. <laughs> and then some dude named Donald Fagan, who I don't know. That was the black guy from Clueless. <laughs> no, that was Donald no, Fagan. no, no. He had the Artful Dodger and... Um... Oliver? Yes. <laughs> I was adjusting in my chair and taking dramatic With pause. The precision <laughs> of a sharpshooter. <laughs> Wait. 1994. Another unplugged, Tony Bennett. Eh. <laughs> how how do you unplug Tony Bennett? Like other than like from life? Oh, I'm sure his family will figure it out soon. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, seriously, like when I think of unplugged, I think of like you know, you're Eric Clapton, you're Nirvana, you're, yeah. you know, rock stars. Like, if you could have, like, Megadeth or Metallica unplugged, <laughs> that would be a very interesting show. Featuring Tony, Tony Bennett unplugged is a Tony Bennett concert. It's yeah. true. Unless you're not unplugging out his guitar that's like you, two guitars. <laughs> um, also, that year we had Seal. Seal. I love Seal. Which which one though? Seal. He has but three Seal. albums. Not Seal, but Seal, but not Seal. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-five album of the year: Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Well, it should have been well deserved. Yes. Uh, she beat out Daydream by Mariah Carey. I wouldn't call that her best album. Well, which is probably why she got beat. <laughs> it's not, but it's good. History, past, present, and future. Book one: Michael Jackson. As a compilation, that's one of the best of all time. I'm pretty sure they meant that as the original material, the second disc. Yeah, that was crap. <gasps> yeah, I said it. 
Scream is dope. Scream that's is good, I. That's a good video too. It's and great. Even though it was written by a kid pisser, "You Were Not Alone" is a great song. Ugh, oh, I can't. I can't. I just Stop can't. All right, 1996, Falling Into You, Celine Dion. How did I Love You Always Forever by Donna Lewis not win? Who? I effing love that song. It's a good song. Oh, my God, I hate that song. I know you do. And I'll tell you what, Betty (laughs) Who does a pretty dope cover of it on her 2017 record. Okay. Um, But she beat out Odalay, Beck. Fantastic album. Yes. Score, Fuji's. Very good album. Yes. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, the Smashing Pumpkins. We. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> There's a great just just look up Billy Billy Corgan roller coaster. <laughs> All right. Right now. Don't do it right now. Um, oh. also, the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Huh. You know what? As far as Whitney Houston soundtracks go, it's not her best. Well, is that okay? But Waiting to Exhale only had two Whitney tracks on it, though, right? Uh, like, Mary J. Blige had that Not Gonna Cry. Brandy had a song oh. on it. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. I, I'm sorry. No, that album was dope. <laughs> you turned him around fast on that one. Well, you know. Yeah. 1997, Time Out of Mind, Bob Dylan. That was easy, easy, easy. <laughs> you do such a good Bob Dylan. Thank you. Uh, he beat out The Day by Babyface, which I didn't think he was still making records by 97. Oh, yeah. He's still making records now. Really? Huh. The Fire, Paula Cole. This Fire? Whatever. Flaming Pie, Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah. Okay, Computer, Radiohead. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay, Computer is not my favorite, and I, I am no big Radiohead fan. However, I have seen so many people, so many more people that I know who are audiophiles over the year, point to Okay, Computer as a work of unfettered genius, and I've never even heard of the Bob Dylan record, so I'm going to say Okay, Computer probably got robbed, even though it is not my jam. Yeah, in I, that, in I, that, that, and I remember in liking that album, but yeah, no, I think it, and I love Dylan. But yeah. In that group of nominees, Okay, Computer got shafted. 1998, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yes. Oh, well, it should have been. Well deserved. No, Ray of Light by Madonna. Okay, Ray of Light is, for my money, Madonna's best album, but that is one in a string of brilliant albums over the course of Madonna's career. Lauren Hill made one album that was so good, she could never make another one, and so she didn't. So yeah. I'm going to say that deserved to be awarded. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she did beat out Cheryl Crow. I'm sure that was an oversight on behalf of the Grammy voters. <laughs> they probably thought Lauren Hill was Cheryl Crow. <laughs> That's Lauren, right? Lauren? 1999, album of the year, Supernatural by Santana. Oh, such a good album. Smooth is good. That mm-hmm. album is so much more than smooth. It's so much more than smooth. Put it on, just let it play. And that I, will be your whole night. I, 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 I definitely enjoy it. And I, I remember um, when I saw the Stones um, play in 98, Santana was the opener. And like when it was like him going on and we're sitting like two rows from the back of the Murph and like, you know, almost the furthest you can be from the stage. And we're like, Santana! Woo! And it's like half full. I'm like, motherfuckers! This is Carlos <laughs> motherfucking Santana! Why aren't you here? Show some respect. And, and then like, na- then like a year later, 
Supernatural came out. And I was like, yeah, Santana. I was like, fuck you. But yeah, Santana, good. Now enjoy him. Now go back and look at all the rest of the shit he's done People for the last 40 years. People were probably so sad that Rob Thomas wasn't there. Probably. Um, but that beat out Millennium, Backstreet Boys, Fly, Dixie Chicks. When I look in your eyes, Diana Krall, Fan Mail, TLC. I love that Fan Mail album. I yeah. love it. That yeah. was that album was my, uh, it had steady rotation in my car in Richmond, Virginia in 1999. For, for me, their best records were behind them at that point. All right. Homework time, boys. Oh. Get up those top fives. Oh, right. Give me a second. And I'm, I'm just going to start off by saying you guys are damn lucky that Who Let the Dogs Out came out in 2000 because my top five would have just been five versions of that. <laughs> Um, I'm also going to just jump in here real quick and say I could not choose Prince or Madonna for my top five because there are too many to choose from. And it was it was like choosing a child. I couldn't do it. So I did not put them on my top five because there were too many to put on. I, put I had to redo my list now because I only did Madonna and Prince covers of Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> so I need to redo my list. Thank you very much. God damn it. Nice. All right, we will do our top fives, and I'm sure we all have a few honorable mentions we want to throw out. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, my list is all over the goddamn place. In fact, I'm pretty sure only two of the songs on my list could really be considered, like, instantly recognizable hit songs of the 90s. One of them is even unreleased, so it's a little out there. You're such a weirdo. Dork. All right, who's going first? I'll go first. No, Derwood. Okay, so my number five, uh, we mentioned in the particular uh, order. Yes, I went to mine as well. Yeah, mine will not be number five on an album that we mentioned earlier briefly. Uh, but it's Pumps in a Bump by MC Hammer off of the (laughs) album. Do not laugh, that song, unironically. No, I'm laughing because I knew you would say it. This is not a joke. I I fucking love that song, I love it, but ironically. Oh, no. Pumps in a Bump is the jam. And if any other artist, if any other hip-hop artist had done that song, it would be revered. Oh, yeah. Day. Club it was just yeah. that was done by MC Hammer. That track is dope. The samples, uh, Aaron Hall Ooh. singing on it, that, oh, that, that track is so dope. I do love Aaron Hall. Yes. But Pumps in a Bump, MC Hammer, is the shit. All right, Joe. My number five... Um, is something that I came to love more so because of an internet video from the early 2000s that involves the a girls certain, one cup. No, it involves a certain um, Prince of the Universe. Um, <laughs> yes. And Skeletor. Yes. But What's Up by Four Non Blondes is one of my favorite songs Classic. from the 90s. And I love the Four Non Blondes version on its own right, but just then it makes me think of He-Man singing that song, which y'all can't see if I'm wearing a rainbow shirt right now. So think he of He-Man singing up against my shirt. And oh man. Are they considered one hit wonders? Four Non Blondes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, of course, the lead singer of Four Non Blondes was Linda Perry who went off to write many, many, many hit songs. Yes. For other people. All right, me or you. 
Um, I'll go. Okay, go. All right. My number five uh, is a song that can be considered a one-hit wonder uh, because it was, and it was 1998, New Radicals, Get What You Give. Awesome. Now, okay. the, the whole band was basically Greg Alexander and a rotating roster of musicians, among which was Danielle Brisbois from Archie Bunker Place, the former mm-hmm. child actor. And they released Get What You Give, and um, I'm sorry, if the first eight bars of that song is not Raspberry Beret by Prince, I'm almost his <laughs> uncle. But uh, it's a great song, and it's got a hook, and it's a great pop song. And almost it, it almost reminded me of like a Ben Folds 5 song, but with guitars. So uh, that, is, that is one thing I really enjoyed about it. And it became such a smash hit that Greg Alexander, in an act of a musician, in my opinion, taking himself far too seriously, and this is coming from a Prince fan, um, he didn't want to be responsible for one-hit wonder, so he immediately disbanded the New Radicals, and they never made another record again. And, uh, and he, you know, also talked some bullshit about how at the end he talked about some social problems and then dropped some celebrity names to see which one is an experiment that the media would focus on. And of course, they only talked about the shit he talked about celebrities because blah, 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 hipster, hipster, hipster. But I really, really do love that song and I love it to this day. But he was a hipster before hipsters were a thing. Yeah, kind of. All right, my number five. Uh, I love this song. I think it's beautiful. It's a song that I've always wanted to choreograph. Uh, and I was totally in love with this guy until I actually heard him speak. <laughs> and the song is Crash by Dave Matthews Band. Um, I was so yes. in love with Dave Matthews. I was like, he's such a poet and like his lyrics are so beautiful. And then he was on Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher and he spoke and he was an idiot. <laughs> and it totally ruined my fantasy of him. But I still love that song. I think that song is so beautiful. And I think it holds up well. Yeah, cool. uh, I agree. Uh, All right. So my number four, I had to fit this group in here somewhere. And it's hard to say if this is actually my favorite song by them from the 90s, but it's a good representation of them. And I'm going Motown Philly, Boys to Men. Okay. Classic. Thank you. Thank you very much. You had to pick one by them. I get it. Yeah, which again, I could have if I could have done just five boys and men songs for this, honestly. And it's it's so funny because if you think about it, that track is so non-indicative of their style and sound and attitude and who they were as a group. Like that's really the only song they have that sounds like that that hits that hard. True. Because the majority but. of other songs that everyone cares about from them are boot knocking anthems. Right, exactly. But this is a song that I think uh, does display uh, a great deal of their talent, also a great deal of the culture that they were trying to kind of get everybody to see from them. Well, yeah, uh, in that Michael Bivens world of... Yeah, yeah. Where's the album's sudden impact? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that is. If you watch the video for Motown Philly, you will understand what that is a reference to. Uh Uh-huh. Over to you, Joe. So my next one is a song that just brings pure joy. It makes me happy whenever I hear it, and also might make me tear up as well because of everything that's followed because of it is 
You've Got a Friend in Me by Randy Newman. Nice. Solid pick. So, I mean, it was first introduced in Toy Story and has been throughout that series, which is an amazing series, which I thought at the end of three was like, okay, this is the perfect trilogy. And then they brought out four, which is actually even, it's still good. And it's like, it continues it on. And, but that song is just the thread throughout that. And it's just amazing. It's funny because I was I was listening to that song the other night because I was playing my Disneyland playlist and I realized that I've heard that song so much that hearing it no longer makes me think of the movies. It makes me think of Toy Story Mania, uh, <laughs> which again, not a bad thing to think about. But yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's a great. I wonder if that won an Oscar. Did that win an Oscar? Nope. It should have. Yeah, he didn't. I think he, he just won or he yeah. or he hasn't like Randy Newman just finally won an Oscar. Yeah. Maybe for right. Toy Story 4. All right, let's see here. Yoink. Okay, my number four is a song that a lot of people probably haven't heard of. Um, it originally appeared on a soundtrack in 1997 to a movie called Love Jones, um, which I'm gonna. Okay, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it out loud. A lot of white people don't know that movie, um, and the song is so great. It's by Dion Ferris, and it's called oh, Hopeless. Shit. I didn't know anybody else knew that song. It is it is one of my favorite songs of all time. And it really it's just such a beautiful visual. It's like a it it, it has color in it. The way it's it's made and it's jazzy and it's smooth and it's reassuring and it feels like a kiss on the forehead in an early morning sunrise. Like it's and it's hopeful. Um, so I highly recommend that you seek this track out if you are unfamiliar with it. It is one of my favorite songs. Anytime I hear it, I am delighted. It is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, no idea what that song is. but Of I will course not. Um, my number four song, great song, great video, wonderful artist, Freedom 90, George Michaels. Nice. George Michael. I do it every time it annoys the shit out of him. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it oh, a lot. That is a great song. Mm. Awesome song will always get me up dancing to Freedom 90. Great guitar. I know Michael Sarah's character sang. Would you stop? <laughs> but that video, though. That video, though. That's a good Classic. video. Very nice. Directed by George Michael, air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my number three... Uh, we're staying with hip hop and we're going Pass Me By by Far Side. One of the best hip hop songs of all time. It is everything that hip hop is and is supposed to be. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just listen to it and just actually listen to it and get yourself an education in hip hop. It is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I don't know that song. Of course you don't. <laughs> I don't listen to hip hop. Um, my number three was is off of one of the first two albums I ever bought on CD. Um, and the first album, the, I bought two albums. One was the Wayne's World soundtrack, because, of course, I love that. But then the other one was an album, and it was a debut album of a band. Um, it wasn't, like, new. But, like, um, it was, you know, me listening to modern music at the time, which is, you know, at the time I was listening to, like, you know, Beach Boys and shit. Um, but it is uh, by Pearl Jam, Alive. Um, but yeah, no, I love that. I love that whole album. Like, and it's, but that that one song, and it was like right around, 
And then shortly after moving down to San Diego, I listened to that song and that album constantly. That's a, that's a great time capsule for yeah. that whole explosion. And, and I would probably say, next to Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam is probably my favorite band of that era. Yeah, it's mine. Stone yeah. Temple Pilots is mine. I go Pearl Jam. Pearl you, Jam's Number three. My number three song is a Prince song that came out in 1994, or rather didn't come out in 1994. The 90s was a very exciting time to be a Prince fan because he had changed his name in 1993 to Assemble, and it was more than just a publicity stunt or a way to separate from his record label. It was a divorcing of his past. So he locked himself in a studio for several months and produced some of the best material he's ever done because the chains were off. He did not feel the pressure to make hits. He did not feel the pressure to, to do anything. He didn't even know if this music was going to be released and he didn't care if it was. So he was in there with reckless abandon and I fucking love that. And it's reflected so much in this particular period of music. And I think the anthem for that was a song he recorded in 1994, which is called Days of Wild. Oh, I love the song. And it is the closest thing to an actual hip-hop track Prince has ever done, although Prince would deny that he was rapping in it because he said, you know, I'm more of a rhythmic speaker than a rapper because he pointed to James Brown and said, James Brown would talk his entire song, but he's not a rapper either. So mm -hmm. it's a callback to that, and it's just funky and it's hard hitting and it slaps and it's filled with profanity and he it really took life in concert and he started to play this song everywhere and he would play it again years later and changing the lyrics but if you go on youtube you can actually hear the original version the studio cut is not quite as riveting as it is live but a live version came out on the crystal ball album and there are other live versions on youtube but it's just it's it's Prince at his most badass at this particular time because it was the swagger and confidence of, in his mind, the only artist in the world that could fuck with Prince. Gotcha. Was him. Yeah. So yep. that that is my that is my number three. Days of Wild by Prince. Very nice. All right, my number three. Um, I wanted to be her when I grew up. In fact, I dress like her. I dress would dress like her a lot. Um, my number three, another great one to dance to, "Groove Is in the Heart" by Delight. Ah, oh, classic. Uh, yes, so good. I Damn, it's a good one. Love that song. That song fucking holds up too. Like you can really dance to that one. It's oh, it's so good. But I wanted to be Lady Miss Keir. Like yeah. I just thought she was like the coolest thing. You would be happy. The girls love that song. And they, them right, Joe. And they love asking to play Groove is in the Heart. Asking, hey, girl, play Groove is in the Heart. It, it lists the entire song name. It was like Groove is in the Heart, Bootsified to the Max. or Did Groove it? You're raising them right. <laughs> also, two Bootsy Collins. Love me some oh, Bootsy yeah, Collins. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Cincinnati in the house. Derwood, what's your number two? My number two is a bit of a deviation from the rest of my list, and it is Everlong by Foo Fighters. That wow. song is a magnum opus. Okay. It makes me feel things. It makes me feel all sorts of things. That song is just flat out amazing. I love that song, Everlong nice. Foo Fighters. Nice. I don't think it needs much more ex explanation. Okay, I, um, for me, 
I, I wasn't a big Foo Fighters fan until the 2000s. To me, their stronger material was a little later in the canon, but respect for the choice. Nice. I mean, there's something to that, but that particular track, though, there's, there's, to me, that is what art is. There, there is something behind that. That's not just making a song to be a hit. That's not just trying to put something out there, just to put something out there. That, that song has meaning to an artist, and that, that there's a piece of that artist in that song when I hear it. Joe. So my number two is a song that I feel defined a, gen a, a genre. Like it was probably the sax, um, one of their most, or if not their most iconic songs. I mean, it has that album of just floating in water. It's just that legendary video Smells Like Nirvana by Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> I knew it's where you are going. One of the best songs ever. Dick like Van that and Fat Van. are, that, Smells Like Nirvana and Fat are probably, you know, the two best Weird Al songs. And especially from a um, parody standpoint. Yeah. And the fact that the original artists both loved the shit out of both of those, or well, what did. Because <laughs> um, we can always count on Joe to bring in the Weird Al. Fuck yeah, I'll bring in Weird Al. If I if I could bring him literally here with me, I would. I that's a dream. <laughs> yes, He's a dream yes, guest. But yeah, no, I love that song. I like I listened to um, um, Off the Deep End that album ad nauseum, and but that song and just that video and I love what especially watching. Because around that time, too, is when they had Al TV on MTV. Oh, yeah. And they would show the original video and then the Weird Al video. And mm -hmm. that really showed you the genius behind everything. Absolutely. Over to you. For my number two? Okay. Well, I can tell you that if you, if you take the songs 125th Street Congress by Weather Report... Are You Experienced by Jimi Hendrix and Summer in the City by Quincy Jones. And if you take them and you put them together in one of the most masterful tracks ever made and then slap on top of it, four guys talking about boyhood crushes that did not work out, you get my number two, which is also Durwood's number three, which is in my estimation, the greatest hip hop record of all time, Passing Me By by The Far Side. Educate them. Look at you too. Yeah, it's Gene. Great minds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it is just one of. The, I remember. I remember seeing that video in '93, that black and white clip, and just being blown away by what I was seeing. Because mm -hmm. for me, like Stetsasonic and De La Soul had taken the artistry of it at, at really far. Yeah. And I, as soon as I saw that video, I thought, okay, this is the next. And then came Diggable Planets. And then mm -hmm. came, you know, The Far Side. And, and I was, oh, so good. The Far Side was so good, I thought they were from the East Coast. I ah. said, come at me. Damn. Come at me. <laughs> um, my number two is my favorite one-hit wonder of the 90s. And that would be Stay by Shakespeare's Sister. Nice. Derwood has no idea what I'm talking about. 
I don't know. Can you hum a few bars? Uh, he's a talking. He's talking to you. Stay with me. He still doesn't no? know. No. Uh-uh. Seriously. N- nothing. Well, that's, that's unfortunate. Oh, that's, that's sad, Durwood. You, 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 yeah. You know. Well, I, I can tell you one one half of Shakespeare's sister was Siobhan Fahey, formerly of Bananarama. Uh, and they they did that together with uh, Mar- Marcella Detroit, and the two of them came together and they made this album, and they were both pregnant during it, which is why the album is called Harmonally Yours. Oh. 1992. Very nice. Now, Derwood, you give me shit about not listening to hip hop. Well, there you go. You don't listen to my music either. What the? It's one song. It's one darn song. Back to you. All right. So my number one should not be that difficult for anybody who knows me. Um, To me, this is the 90s. When I think about the 90s, I automatically think of this song. Um, Barbie Girl? No. Damn it. It's It's Big Papa, Notorious B.I.G. Yep. Nothing more needs to be said. That yep. song is genius. That yep. song is of its time. It is the 90s. It is hip hop. It is, that song is everything. Big that Papa. That song is the reason why women found him sexy. Yes, absolutely. No, that never happened. No, I'm, I'm telling you. Dude looked like a busted can of biscuits and women were feeling him. <laughs> yes, that the swag, the swag that comes from that song is unreal it gets you women and can we just take a brief moment i may have mentioned this on the podcast before the genius and the lyricism of that song in the phrase um we can scheme on the weights of the telly gonna fill my belly a t-bone steak cheese eggs and welch's grape and the fact that he found a way to rhyme a word without saying the word that it rhymes with he makes you do it Yes, we did it on our own. That's some Shakespeare shit right there. He rhymed a word without saying the word that it rhymes with. That's, let that blow your mind, please. I'm going to calm down for a second. You shouldn't. It's great, and you should be hyped about it. And I am, and I always will be until the day I die. That and is, I, I don't think he was yeah. as appreciated then. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's, oh, God damn, it's a shame that he died when he did because it was only the beginning. It was the tip of the iceberg. He was 24. Jesus Christ. Like, that's insane. Yeah, it's That's ridiculous. almost half my life. That's, yeah. Ridiculous. Now I'm sad. I mean, yeah. I'm sad you don't appreciate that song for as great as it is. I will have you know, I arranged one of his songs into a spoken word. She did. I did. Yes, Hip-hop you did. Spoken word arranged by Amy Meredith. It hasn't. I have a program. <laughs> That's in a program. <laughs> yep. That happened. I'm amazed you didn't add "fuck you, Durwood" underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag I touch myself. Hashtag feminism. It's, 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 it's a context. It it's there. It's just you have to read between the lines. Yeah, it was implied. Joe. So my number one song is another song that has an iconic video that again maybe not this band's best song but also but one of their best and it's just whenever i hear it i have to just crank up the volume it's another video directed by spike jones yeah mentioned previously 
and that is sabotaged by Ooh, the Beastie Boys. So good. I mean, that was on my honorable mentions so list. Yeah, I love that song, and that video is so great. And I remember early 2000s, I, it was shortly after um, um, To the Five Burrows came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, went up to Long Beach to see them, because at the time when they announced the tour, they were coming to San Diego. I'm like, well, I'm going to go see them in Long Beach. Then they announced San Diego. I'm like, fuck you, I'm so going to Long Beach. <laughs> so we went, and what was great was um, one of the openers was a dog show, like <laughs> dogs doing tricks. Because, of course. Phenomenal. And when they were on, it was like a combination, like when they were doing, because um, they would do a combination of, you know, their traditional songs, but then because they had two instrumental albums, they would occasionally, the stage would rotate and like they would come out and they'd be playing the, in, some of the songs from the instrumental albums. But when they were doing their classic stuff, they were trying to do it as though they were still 19, 20 year old kids which they were not. <laughs> and they messed up a few times. <laughs> but they just went with it, and it was hilarious. But it was a great show. But that song is... I love it. I almost feel like the Beastie Boys made the opposite trajectory of the bands I spoke about earlier, like De La Soul and Stetsasonic, because I feel like the Beastie Boys started off as a novelty act yeah. and became artistry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, never took themselves too seriously, which I love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Over to you. All right. Uh, my number one, much, much like Durwood said, this track to me is the 90s. Um, and it's really funny because when this song came out, the 90s as a decade was only four months old. Uh, but it was an absolute genre-defining career-defining, really, for this artist uh, moment, and a, and a great defining moment for me, uh, and that is Vogue by Madonna. Yep. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I was big into Madonna, obviously, at this point, what? and I really thought that after Like a Prayer, there was no place we could go but down, and I really... She showed you. She, she showed me and created <laughs> the biggest-selling single of that year and it was just this amazing track that was supposed to be a b-side um and it turned into something so much greater and you know it it brought it brought gay performance art into the homes of america 15 years before they were ready for it yeah um and i don't think I don't think Madonna gets enough credit for that, even though a lot of people like to say she steals from gay culture, which is bullshit. But yeah, I mean, the the to me, it's it's as near a perfect song as she's ever made. Agreed. It's my favorite Madonna track. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing song. Agreed. Um, my number one is a beautiful song that if I can be in the car and if it comes on one of my mixes and catches me just the right way, I cry every single time I listen to it. Cotton Eye Joe. Yep, that's it. Um, It's Why by Annie Lennox. Uh, Such a good song. Such a devastating song. My God, listen to the lyrics. This is what I'm saying. Like, the end of that song, like, I I will start singing that. The next thing I know, I am sobbing. This is the path I'll never tread. These are the dreams I'll dream instead. I'm like, ah. So good. Round Robin, super fast. If you have any honorable mentions, 
Do them now. Go Derwood. Mr. Jones, uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Feels good by Tony, Tony, Tony. I got five on it. The Rain, Love to Love You. Plush, Scenario, In the Meantime by Space Hog. Oh, uh, that's a good one. Uh, Joe? I understand. I got a couple. Friend Like Me from Aladdin. Um, and it's been said earlier, I, I really do love Bittersweet Symphony by The Verb. Oh, love And that. it holds a special place in my heart. I do love Tub Thumping by Chumba Wumba. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. No ice. You? Uh, Monica, like this and like that. Bjork, human behavior. Uh, Cantaloupe by Us Three. Love that song. Uh, let me see. What else do I love? Come and Ride the Train by Quad City DJs. Uh, oh, yes. What else do I love? Let Me Clear My Throat, DJ Cool. Um, let's see. What else do I love? Drinking in LA by Brand Van 3000. Um, oh, there's so many. There's so many. All right, my oh. turn, my turn. Okay. So Durwood. I was just going to say, uh, we can't forget about the Neo Swing era uh, with uh, Brian Setzer and his orchestra with uh, Jump Jive and Whale, uh, Squirrel Big Nut Bad Zipper. Voodoo Daddies. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, yes. Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Cherry Poppin' Daddies as well, yes. All right, for me, the only Bjork song I like, it's Oh So Quiet. I love that song. Um, I Would Die Without, I'd Die Without You, P and Dawn. Oh, Ooh. yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. Rem- Remedy, the Black Crows. Gone Till November, Wyclef John. Oh. Love that song. Crazy That's by Steel. Good. Nothing Compares to You, Sinead O'Connor. Mm. And Don't Speak, No Doubt. Which we didn't even talk about No Doubt, which I is know. kind of odd. I know. There's so much we're missing here. I know. There, I almost it's be a almost like we just, had to condense yeah, an entire I, Hopefully it won't be in 2021. But Derwood, I'm not going to lie, I'd Die Without You by PM Dawn. Almost... Almost got into my top five. I wow. love that song. That surprises me, but that's awesome. Why? That's a great song. Also, check out a wonderful remake of it by my friends Chasen Hampton and Dee Dee Magno Hall on Spotify. Okay, we're going to do trends in like five seconds. Here we go. <laughs> if you were into this, let me know. Fanny packs. No. no. Those are an abomination. <laughs> yep. The grunge fashion look. Nope. Okay, I, I did never got I never got had long hair at one point. I listened, to, I, I listened to grunge, but I didn't. Well, I doubt maybe, maybe Joe, the Rachel haircut. <laughs> Wait, me? By the way, the wife cut her hair and um, last night, and she said it basically turned into the Rachel. Oh, oh okay. that's, 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 um, boy bands, uh, particularly boy bands that dressed alike, like in the same color palette, or like yeah, like, that boys, was really boys to men and New Edition did that. All the boy bands did it. Uh, the Budweiser What's Up commercial. What? That was funny. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought that was from Scream. Oh, no, that was from Scary Movie. Yeah, but that was yeah, because they were parodying oh. that. Uh, Pogs. I had Pogs. I'll I know we had Pogs. Alf is back and in Pog form. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, line dancing, of course. No. no, thank you. Tickle me Elmo. That was weird. Even when his batteries ran low. That tickles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was guilty of this fashion trend, chokers. I think I had so many different chokers for different outfits and like crosses and little, yeah, I had so many. I believe it. Yeah, the girls you know, have a couple of them. That kind of goes back to, to what I said earlier is that, you know, the whole everything is old, everything old is new again because I saw actually today I saw a young man 
in overalls and he had one suspender undone and there were only two people that did that extras in a TLC video and WWF star Hillbilly Jim and <laughs> this fella was far too young to be the former and far too black to be the latter um, and I remember thinking god I can't believe that some Thing from my high school is popular again, but then I remember when I was in high school in 1991, how many girls I knew that wore baby doll dresses and clunky heels and peace signs. I had so many baby doll dresses. It was all about the 60s and you that kind of shit. And here's the problem with the baby doll dress when you wear your uh, your clunky high heels. We see your whole ass. Yes, you can't bend over and pick yes, up anything. Mm-hmm. Well, you can. Um, yeah, you can, but then you're that girl. Your whole ass. Um, the last thing I had on my trend was Zima. Ew! I have been reluctant to try White Claw because people said it tasted like Zima. Zima gross. I, see, I don't like seltzer water, but I actually, um, we had a bunch of White Claw that I then used to make a mixed drink because it was one of those things like, well, it has alcohol in it, seltzer, and like with a black cherry, then I put like some booze in it, put a little grenadine, make it, and I was like, eh, it's all right. I can make it again. I just think like, you know, like a karate move. It's a claw. Finishing move. How was cross colors not on that trends list? I know. I was going to say cross colors was totally, that was junior high for me. Just everyone in cross colors. Oh, you know what I was rocking in the very early 90s? Z Cavarici. Oh, that was. I stole my brother's Z Cavarici jacket. I thought I loved that thing. All right. I never got any of it. That's all I got. All right. We're done. Well, that it, it took us a year, but we finally got through the 90s. <laughs> Fantastic. And I'm looking forward to what we're going to tackle next. If you have enjoyed what you heard here, you can get a toast, you can get a taste of our funny every day mm, on Twitter. Toast. You can look me at, you can follow me at the boy, uh, D-A-B-O-Y. I'm at Reggie Swing. I am, oh crap, what am I again? I am prisoner 246 Obi-Wan. You can also follow the House of Pop Culture at Pop Culture House on Twitter, and you can follow us on Facebook. Or you can email us at thehouseofpopculture at gmail.com. We want to give a special thanks, a very, very, very special thanks to the incredible sound engineer, Joey. Yay, Joey. And we want to thank you all for listening, and we want to let you know that right now I know things are a little tough, but we are here for you in this way. Please come hang out with us when you can. And if once a week is not enough, check out our backlog on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or anywhere you hear podcasts. Come hang out with us and escape for a little while. And here's the thing. You're stuck at home, and we understand that. We're stuck at home. But if there's something you want to hear us ramble on about for an hour, hit us up. Let us know what it is. We'll totally talk about it. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. And you can also sponsor us on Patreon for a bunch of special, special edition stuff that you'll get to hear a little bit more of uh, And as we move forward to the rest of this year. There are many other tiers, as little as a dollar a month. You can get access to special features. And uh, we're going to have to post some links because we brought up quite a few songs on this podcast. Thanks for yep. Look it up, Durwood. <laughs> <laughs> and we um, want to thank you all so much and we'll see you next time bye bye everybody bye.